The trade has gone down. The San Diego Padres are finalizing a deal to acquire superstar outfielder Juan Soto. Yeah, it's a big deal. It was a big piece. And I know that Jays fans are just waiting for the team to do something. I'd say be patient. But this team is also trending in the right direction as it is. Keep Juan Soto out of the American League East. And the Blue Jays can deal with him come World Series time. How about that? This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hello, hello. Hello, Canada, Canadian sports fans around the world. Welcome to the RP Show. As you see, we're back in the bunker. New environs. What's new to you is that we're actually in a new studio and almost a new building. And you're seeing a new yet old face. How about familiar, not old? The very young Kelly Rempel. How are you doing, Rems? Well, I'm feeling young. <laughs> you, know? you should be. I'm feeling young. It's been a great summer, to be honest with you. Having lots of fun. Loving it. Everybody's excited to have you here. And I'm not joking when I say it, but for our new viewers, it's been a while since Rems has been on. And I will run through your resume, if you will. <laughs> we only have two hours. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> former <laughs> WWF promoter. Brett Hart's manager, the excellence of ex- execution, uh, marketing man to the stars, uh, Moose Jaw Warriors, Regina Pats, CTV Stales, now you're financial planner, you're in the clothing industry. Is there anything you don't do, Silver uh, Fox? Chasing my kids around playing sports. That's, that's like number one. That's on your my, thing right now. That's my thing right now. That's yeah. what takes up most of my time and loving every second of it. Good. Well, his nickname is the Silver Fox, and go follow him on Twitter right now. Isn't it at Silver Fox? Talks. Talks. Not Correct. rocks, but it probably should yeah. be yeah. rocks. Um, so Rems is with us for all of our one. Darren's out in eastern Canada riding the train, the last that I saw. I'm putting this here. Until they pay for it, we're not putting it. <clears throat> you know what I mean? I don't blame you. Yeah. Until they pay for the logo, we're not putting it on there. Um, Rems with us for all of our one. The esteemed Robert Vanstone, the award-winning columnist from the Leader Post, Post Media newspaper chain, will be with us in hour two. Demand the myth. And his dog, Candy. Really? Yeah, apparently. And uh, the voice of the Regina Pats and a real Blue Jays aficionado, Diamond Dante DiCaria. How about that? that he loves baseball, that guy. That's his thing. He taught, you could sit there with Dante and everything comes back to baseball. He right. loves it. Yeah. He's a scout. Did you know that? For who? You know, I don't, I think he kind of freelances himself. I've been walking out of Pat's TV with that guy in February and his phone starts ringing and he says, hang on a second, Foxy, he says, and he get, gets on his phone. He goes, yeah, yeah shortstop, right-hander. <laughs> I'll say, who was that? Oh, it's some guy from the Winnipeg Gold, or like, you know, some obscure team wanting to get a beat on guys. Like, it's unbelievable. He's a baseball guy, but he's also the voice of God's team, the Regina Pats, which, um, again, we'll get into the, the meat and potatoes here in a second, but is my Pats puck, it's upside down. Nobody noticed? Oh, I noticed. No. I was going to fix it, actually. We, uh, well, as Doug Sauter would say, some people are talkers and some people are doers. You were going to do it. There you Thanks, Rems. If it had it been a warrior puck, I would have moved it immediately. We've been populating this desk with paraphernalia that we could find around the place. So an Ilya Kovalchuk bobblehead, a DeLorean. Vladdy. It's a Vladdy. It's a real eclectic bunch. Uh, so that's kind of a roadmap of what's going on. Rempel in hour one, Vanstone in hour two, and Dante to carry out later in hour two. Can we hit the quick six show horn, please, director? <laughs> Here we go from Wayne and Victoria. I'm happy to see Kelly back on the RP show. From Dante DiCaria. He says, Silver Fox, great lineup. 
everybody's excited. <laughs> so let's get down to it. Uh, number one, starting with baseball, as a matter of fact, Juan Soto is set for his San Diego debut at home against Colorado later today. Before the game, the Padres will hold a news conference to introduce Soto on his first day with the team. The 23-year-old outfitter was acquired on uh, from Washington in a blockbuster deal before Tuesday's trade deadline. He joins a lineup anchored by all-star third baseman Manny Machado that expects to get flashy shortstop Fernando Tatis Jr. back from injury soon. So Juan Soto makes his Padres debut today. I'm moving on to point two. The Toronto Blue Jays got second baseman Whit Merrifield in a trade with the Kansas City Royals yesterday. It's unclear if Merrifield plans to be vaccinated against COVID-19 in order to play in Canada. But this, and they also fortified their bullpen by adding Anthony Bass and Zach Pop in a deal with the Miami Marlins. The Brewers added reliever Trevor Rosenthal in a trade with San Francisco. Jays won 3-1 in Tampa Tuesday night. Listen, there's been all kinds of analysis. I do want to get to the World Juniors and the hockey talk and the CFL and the NFL. Kelly can talk about it all. And you're seeing the networks in Canada rife with Blue Jays commentary, which they should be. And you're a huge Blue Jays fan. Oh, yeah. So how do you feel about uh, these moves? Well, you know, to be completely honest, I was a little underwhelmed by it. I mean, they made moves, but they didn't do anything that would have tightened the gap between, say, them and uh, Houston or the New York Yankees. In fact, those teams made moves. I think they've widened the gap. I clearly think that the best two teams, that what you're going to see in the final is going to be the Astros and the the Yankees. But you know what? The games are still played on the field, just like in hockey, they're played on ice. What you see on paper doesn't always translate, especially in the postseason. I thought the Blue Jays were going to get, I I really, and I'm sure they tried, but what I was kind of looking for was adding another starter, another genuine bona fide starter. I I wasn't expecting that they were going to get somebody that was going to get Gossman or Barrios type money. Um, I didn't think they'd go that far. But, you know, just adding that fifth. I mean, I, I like Kikuchi. I think he's he's okay, but he's not what they need somebody as a fifth starter that's going to go out and give them a legitimate chance to get five, six, seven innings. Um, like a workhorse type of starter is what I was kind of thinking that they were going to do, but it didn't happen. So, obviously, the prices were a little high. Um, so I was a little underwhelmed. But on, at the same time, I'm pretty optimistic that, that you know, I mean, they're playing better baseball here the last while. Um, you know, it, it wasn't looking great there. I remember thinking after the 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 Seattle series, like, what the heck is going on here with this team? You know, they they're just they couldn't seem to fire on all those cylinders. But they're since then. That was the last real bump. Yeah, it and was. Charlie Montoyo didn't last a week. No, after, after that. that. Yeah. And so. so there was obviously something there that. You know, somebody, Ross Atkins or somebody, Shapiro, somebody in that organization identified like there's, you know, it's Schneider time, right? We need to get, we need, we need somebody that's going to add a little, get, get guys going a little bit more. Charlie was such a laid back, calm, relaxed guy. John's, I think, got a little more edge. Schneider. Mm-hmm. Well, clearly. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Bo not, Duke. Yeah, John Schneider, just a good old boy. Exactly. I don't know what it is. I mean, I thought Charlie Montoyo should have. I was upset when they gave him an extension in the offseason, thinking, what has he done? They gave him that extension, and then he didn't even last a year afterwards. So, hey, here's what I like. And one thing, a lot of our Eastern viewers are far more into the Blue Jays than Western Canada. But this guy right here, even when the Blue Jays were junk, 
10 to 15 years ago, you were PVR, PVRing games, right? And watching them all. You watch every game. You probably don't anymore. No, I do. actually do. I do, I do. I do DVR the games, and, and I watch them. Like uh, last night, as an example, I was running my son around. And, um, but I, so I got to watch the first four innings, and then I came home and I watched the rest. I, I, I enjoy doing that. And um, here's the thing, Rod. I, full, full confession. I find it really difficult at this time of year, once you start getting into after the All-Star break, when, when they're so far out of the playoff picture that the FBI can't find them, I right. have a hard time motivating myself to go that far, to go to those kinds of lengths to keep up. But this is fun. This is fun. Yeah, well, the game last night was one nothing, one nothing Blue Jays into the ninth. Right. And, and fourth, did to, you watch it? And they got a I couple did. of runs, which provided enough support to win the game, and Bob's your uncle, and they're exciting. They're fun to watch. They've been fun to watch for the last couple of years. Romano but, came in. If it would have still yeah. been tied, well, you don't know what maybe he would have thrown a different pitch, but uh, they, they would have tied the game, right, because they hit a home run in the, in the bottom of the ninth, but because they got that support, that, that, uh, that base hit that drove in those two runs, they, they ah. give themselves a chance. My mom, actually, coincidentally, I just got a text from her here a couple minutes ago. She's in... Uh, Estevan, Saskatchewan, just about to cross into the U.S. She's there. A bunch of uh, Moose Jaw people got a bus, and they're going to Minneapolis for the Twin Series on the weekend. My mom would have been the last person I ever thought in a million years would go on a Blue Jays trip. But one of her friends said, hey, let's go watch the Blue Jays and play the Twins, I've and she's kinda, on that bus. always kind of wanted <laughs> to do that. So can you tell her that Rod's jealous? Would you mind? I, I will. appreciate that. I will. Good for beautiful lady. Bu- a my great bu- lady. My bu- yeah, I agree. She's a saint, no doubt about it. Same with Dakaria's mom. Good people. But, you know, um, my, my bucket list, I got to do that Seattle trip one day. Looks like fun, doesn't it? Oh. And apparently the Blue Jays fans just... You know, you go eat breakfast at a hotel in the morning, and every Blue Jay fan literally wears their blue, their jerseys, whatever, from the from Thursday night right until the after the game on Sunday. The whole downtown is just a sea Isn't of it blue. Something what the Blue Jays have done. Yeah. For, hey, so we're moving on. There's our Blue Jays analysis. We've got. A wonderful new partner. The 163rd running of the Queen's Plate is taking place on Sunday, August 21st at Woodbine. A day full of the best Canadian thoroughbred racing, great fashion, amazing food, and loads of fun. Get your tickets today at woodbine.com or play along with Woodbine's Dark Horse Bets app available for Android and Apple devices. Moving along to football in its NFL variety. Um, We'll save the bulk of the second segment for CFL talk. The NFL has suspended Miami Dolphins owner Stephen Ross and fined him $1.5 million for tampering with Tom Brady and Sean Payton following a six-month investigation stemming from Brian Flores' racial discrimination lawsuit against the league. I'm not sure how much you're following this, Kelly. I've been following it quite a bit, and I'm interested in your take no matter how much you're following it or not. The NFL's investigation found the Dolphins did not intentionally lose games during the 2019 season, which is what Flores accused them of. But the team had impermissible communication with Tom Brady and his, his and Peyton's agent, Don Yee. The Dolphins forfeit a first-round pick next year and a third-round pick the year after, and the owners suspended until October 17th. And you say, you're suspending an owner. What's he do? Well, we'll get to that. The investigation concluded the Dolphins violated the league's anti-tampering policy on three separate occasions. 
The Dolphins said impermissible communications with Brady going back as early as August of 2019 when he was a Patriot. Those discussions focused on Brady becoming a limited partner in the Dolphins, like an owner, and possibly serving as a football executive, although at times they also included the possibility of Tom playing for the Dolphins. The league says the owner, Stephen Ross, participated in these discussions. So, we talk about owners on this show a lot, Kelly, and I think the fa- more than any other talk show in the world, and I think it's because we know, and you know, because you've been around the block, the owners are the guys that stir the drink. They are. They are. They prefer to sit back and not necessarily be in the media, but they're calling all the shots. Well, it's their team. <laughs> right. But to apparel, to a degree, here's an example of that. And here's my take, man, because as you know, I got friends in all the leagues. This tampering goes on with every single team at all levels. It does. And don't tell me I'm wrong. And this is what my sense is. They're like, we can't get them on the racial stuff. But we can get them on this. So we're nailing them for that. You know what I mean? It happens all the time. That's the sense. Or, or maybe not even the racial stuff. We couldn't prove that you tank games. We couldn't prove it. And I was in Miami when this was all going on. And I, they were going through with a fine-tooth comb, Kelly, through all the games at the end. Going, was this coaching decision by Flores to tank the game? Or was it just a bad coaching decision? You know what I mean? And they couldn't prove. No, I, don't, I believe that. I, here's what I think about that. I believe that the owner absolutely may have gone to the coach and said, you know, if, <laughs> if, we, if we don't try real hard, let's just say that we were to lose a game some, you know, and that moved us in the draft position, that would probably be a pretty good thing for our organization, don't you think? <laughs> but I don't believe for a second that the coach actually went so far as to, to uh, toe the line on that. I, I, I want to believe maybe. Maybe I'm naive. I don't believe that that happened, but I absolutely believe that the owner may have planted the seed that he wanted it to happen. Because that, I mean, this is the same guy that's doing all this other stuff. He's, he's, he's clearly coloring outside the lines on all of these different issues. So what's so hard to believe that he would have, he would have tried to convince his coach to maybe, you know, maybe, maybe try not quite so hard to win this game. But coaches are not wired that way. And you've also been around the block long enough to know that coaches aren't going to go for that. Lose that's, on purpose. That's no. a stink that you could never wash off your hand if you're a coach. And I don't think that uh, coaches, they, they're, obs- they're neurotically obsessed uh. with winning every single game. What does, the co- what does that coach really care how the, good the team is going to be three or four years from now? Because it's on his record. It's on his record. Yeah, he right? wants to win. Two and fourteen's better than one in fifteen. Yeah, in the, in their mind, they so just, it's a pride thing. I'm glad that you took the coach's angle on it, but with the owners, I'm not going to say the team, and you would know what it was. But but I get a guy like Stephen Ross. They they got more money than God, so they think they can do whatever they want. Well, they think they are God, right? And they're like, I want Tom Brady and I want Sean Payton, so I'm going to go get him. And it actually happens, folks. And they don't have a regard for the rules or the bylaws. Because I remember sitting around with some NHL owners, and they literally were like this. We're going to get Sidney Crosby. And I'm like, no, you're not. No, you're not. No, yeah, we are. We're going to fly him out here as soon as it's free agency, and we're going to show him a good time, and we're going to sign him. I'm like, it doesn't work that way. You know, they thought that they could, and incidentally, they didn't. 
Well, you know, Sid uh, stayed there forever. The right. most common. We have one minute. Right. Yeah, the most common effective way that I've seen or, or heard um, coaches able to or, or organizations able to plant the seed with players that you know don't you know, maybe think about coming here without actually tampering is through the players. Sure. So you but know, just, it happens. How you, you do it is yeah, one. Yeah, the player will go to the other player and say, "There's nothing illegal with the player phoning the other player that you're that that his team is is uh, courting, and saying, "Hey, I, I, why don't you come here?" Yeah, exactly. Players do it through players. From our owners. viewers, <clears throat> Craig Smith. Craig Smith, our director of scouting, whom we were talking about, Kelly, how long ago? I don't know, two, three minutes before we went on the air. Yeah, we were talking about Craig you, Smitty. Smith. Our director of scouting says, nice to see you all back in the bunker. And he says, your mom has got to get to the big mall down there, the Mall of America. So make yes. a plan of that. i got a story about the Mall I've of America, I've been there two actually. or three times it's myself. It's a great spot. Great I took spot. Paige out of your book, took my son to the Hooters there last time we were there. That, that is some that? great parenting right there. <laughs> Hell yes. We'll be 10. back with a heck of a lot more. we got the Silver Fox with us in the house. Everybody loves it. It's the RP Show. This is the warm-up. You're watching on the Game Plus Television Network. We're also live streaming on YouTube. And we got 24-hour sports radio streaming now at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Hey, honey, can you get one of the kids to show me how this Twitter thing works? Honey, I need to get on Instagram. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. It is, and we're back in the bunker, and we're having a great time. And we're brought to you in part by Bronco Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling. I guess it was a mini rant last segment. This is the guy that's better known for rants. But they're brought to you by Bronco Plumbing and Heating and Cooling. As you see, find everything you need to know about our services, financing, product information, and more at broncoplumbing.com. I'll be spending some time with those cowboys later on this week. Moving on in our quick 6.4 in Calgary, Andrew Mangiapani of the Calgary Flames was rewarded for setting career highs in goals, assists, and points this past season. The Flames signed the 26-year-old forward to a three-year contract worth $17.4 million. We'll circle back around on the Flames with the Rams because I think a lot of people want your CFL takes. I will, uh, he had a uh, career high last year in goals, 35, assists, 20, and points, 55 during the season. In the playoffs, he had three goals and three assists in 12 games. I said to Lanny last week, Rems, how do you say Mangiapani? And Lanny goes, I don't. <laughs> I say Andrew. <laughs> or number 88. Um, so He's been a good player for them. Okay, where are the wow. Flames going? You Obviously, you follow them because your buddy Lou, your best friend, is the broadcaster. Where are they going? Well, are they going to be better, worse, um, stay the same? You know what? I, I That's a good question. I thought they'd come out of the Huberto trade with Kachuk very well. I don't know how the heck they pulled that one off. Um, you would think that Florida would have had more leverage. And they ended up, in my personal opinion, the Flames won that deal. Um, I I would say to you, Rod, that I think they're kind of destined to probably have about a 100-point season. That's pretty good. Yeah, I I think so. But I I, I do think that the Oilers are going to be the best team in the division. I, I think the Oilers are definitely going in the right direction. Flames will probably be about as good as they were last year, maybe maybe a step or two back. But I, I see the Flames being about, to be honest with you, I just see them being about where they were. I don't think that you're going to see them take a giant step forward. 
but I also don't think that they've taken a huge giant step backward either. I think that what, you know, they are what they are. Um, uh, they, but they're, you know, Johnny's tough to replace. You've kind of replaced him with Huberto, right? You're like a mm-hmm. setup guy. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. Um, here's a team that's already at times challenged to score. I mean, they're great defensively, great defensively. But we saw in the playoffs what happens, um, you know, when they have to come from behind. They're, the greatest thing they had going for them last year is they, they didn't have to play from behind very often. They were up a they lot. They were always winning after yeah. the first period. Or- well, I'll say this. I spent enough time in Calgary to um, assimilate, but I could still be detached enough to look at things from 30,000 feet. And I'll say this about Kachuk and Goudreau. You guys had a great season. You won the pennant with two guys that clearly didn't want to be there. So what, we found that out after the fact. Kachuk in the playoffs clearly didn't want to be there. So what are you going to do with guys that do want to be there? I think it's going to be better. So moving on, Edo Japan. They're with us. Edo Japan's fast and friendly. Oh, it's so good. Edo Japan's fast and friendly service plus online ordering options are easy and convenient when you're on the go. Edo Japan, get you some today. Oh, we leave Grey Eagle Resort and Team Canada shows up at Grey Eagle. This is where they're having their training camp. They began preparations yesterday, Tuesday, for the 2.0 edition of the 2022 World Juniors, which will be in Edmonton. The host country starts the uh, tournament August 9th to 20th. That's the dates of the tourney. Canada opens August 10th against Latvia. It's a 10-country tournament, minus Russia. They, of course, are barred from participating, and we all know why. Enhanced character screening for all high-performance players was among a slate of remedies Hockey Canada announced in an action plan last month. The 25 players named to the junior roster Monday participated in a code of conduct seminar that uh, night that was delivered by Hockey Canada Director of Sports Safety Natasha Johnston. Another session on sexual violence conducted by the Calgary Communities Against Sexual Abuse was scheduled for Tuesday. Dave Cameron returns as Canada's head coach in a different scenario without a selection camp and a major championship to be played mid-summer after the short camp. I could go on into the roster, but I won't. The only guy back from the team that won silver two years ago is the goalie, Dylan Guerin. But, of course, Connor Bedard from God's team is there, and that's all we need. And uh, somebody said to me this morning on Facebook, how do you think Canada's chances are? And I said, with Connor Bedard, you always have a chance. Uh, what's Canada's chances, Rems? This might be your favorite topic. At the World Junior? Yeah, this year. Well, I think they got a very good chance, especially sure. with Russia not being there. I mean, that takes one of the true contenders out of the equation. So I think that they have a very good opportunity, and I'm looking forward to seeing Connor Bedard play as well. But I don't get quite as caught up in the numbers when, you're, when, you, when you beat teams like 16-1 and you get eight points. I want to see what Connor does, and I'm, I'm, I'm confident that, that it will be positive. So I'm not one of these guys that's, even at this point, still not convinced. I am convinced. But I want to see what he hmm. does in the final, in the semifinal, and like the, the, the games against the real good teams. I, then I want to see, you know, how he performs. But uh, I think they're going to be a very, very good club. I don't see how they can't be in the final, frankly. I just, I really, I, I don't imagine, with Russia not being there, how they're not going to be one of the top two teams playing in that gold medal game. I just can't. Generally always are, yeah. right? Well, and it's gotten a lot, it's a lot different. Remember when you and I were kids? It's almost, it's almost like women's hockey now. 
it was a foregone conclusion that they were going to play Russia in the final of the gold medal game, right? It's not like that now. Uh, you still there's still some good teams: Finland, Sweden, USA. Uh, USA thinks they're going to win yeah. it. And as uh, last I checked, they're the reigning champions. Yeah, so, and they're and they're so they, they got a heck of a program there too. But I'm I'm looking forward to it. Not quite as fired up as I am when it's over the new year. Not going to lie. Oh, but, but, but man, I'm, I'm excited. Having been in Alberta, they are coming off the chain for World Juniors in the summer. That, you as, think, you, as we said, it's a hockey-mad province. How do you think it's going to translate attendance-wise? Apparently great. And by the way, tickets are on sale now at HockeyCanada.ca for as low as $40 starting. I think the attendance is going to be great. Again, they can't get enough hockey, which, like here in the rectangle, they can't get enough football, which we will move into point six here. Zach Caleros, breaking news from Wednesday morning. Zach Caleros, Dalton Schoen, and Jalen Acklin are the Canadian Football League top performers for July of the 2022 season. That was announced this morning. Zach Caleros had 1,061 passing yards in the month, 11 touchdown passes, and the Bombers went 4-0. Dalton Schoen, if we're saying that right, I know that's what they're saying on TSN, but is it not Donka Shane? Wouldn't it be Shane? Shouldn't it be Dalton Shane? (laughs) Ferris Bueller. Darling Donkashane. Yeah. Uh, in the month, 19 receptions for 367 yards. Five touchdown passes, including two each in weeks five and eight. Dalton Schoen. I'm sure those jerseys are flying off the shelves in Winnipeg. And Jalen Acklin, my guy Jalen, he's a stud. I like him. Big fan of our show. 443 re- receiving yards for Ottawa on 21 receptions. And two touchdowns in four matches. So those are the guys. Dalton Schoen, Jalen Acklin, and Zach Kaleros. So, Rems, here we are, week nine. And our poll question today for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center with dealerships all across the prairies is, which is Canada's game of the week in the CFL this year? uh, This week, it opens Thursday. Winnipeg at Montreal. Alouette's owner, Gary Stearns, guaranteed to win. Okay. Yeah, Montreal, home to Winnipeg. Friday, Calgary at Ottawa in a rematch of the 2018 Grey Cup. And Saturday, a doubleheader, Hamilton at Toronto, Edmonton at BC. Last I saw, Ty Cats Argos leading, interestingly enough, with the Battle of Ontario. Through eight weeks, maybe we'll start with the Riders. Are you still a season ticket holder? I am not. Okay, but you're but watching. I go to all the games. But you're watching. Okay, I so what's your take? Game. What's your take? As to which, uh, sorry, on the on game the, ride, of the no, week? On the Riders. Okay. Um, well, you've played the majority of your games against Eastern Division opponents, and you're 4-4. Four and four. So, not real good, you know, to be honest with you, Rod. I'm a little disappointed. Um, now, I also understand that the last couple of weeks, there's been some injuries, and there's a lot of other, you know, I mean, the game against Toronto, I don't count that because... You weren't going to win that football game. It's a miracle that you were even in it at the end of that Touchdown game. Touchdown Atlantic? Yeah. Well, no, I was thinking about the game here where oh, okay. Cody didn't play, and it was just like every time, uh, you know, you're looking on the field, you're going like, oh, who is he? Where did he come from? But um, I, I'm always a believer that, you know, it's not really how you start, it's how you finish. And this is the one season where uh, I think <laughs> in a perverse weird sort of way, their best opportunity to get to a Grey Cup might actually be to slide in through the East, get hot, play a couple of real good football games, and end up playing, get going through that way. Because I just don't think that they're as good as, as some of the other teams. Like, I don't think they're as good as Winnipeg or Calgary or BC from what I've seen. Now, that could change. It's a long football season. 
and they're not even close to being, you know, uh, coming down the stretch. But just from what I've seen with this team, I still have the same sort of concerns that I had last year. I, I just don't think they're disciplined enough. Um, I love Craig Dickinson as a person. I think he's a great guy. I actually talked to Craig when my son was trying out for the U18 team in Saskatoon. And I just can't always help but think to myself, like, is, if there's a nicer human being on the planet than this guy, I'd like to know who it is. Raise your hand if you can think of a nicer man than that. Pro coaches are not usually like salt-of-the-earth types. They're not. But he is. But I just feel sometimes like there's, there's just a, there's a, an element of discipline and, and, and um, I don't know. There's just something there that, that I don't like about the way that this team, not the coach necessarily, but this team goes about their business. And sometimes that stuff bites you. And uh, I don't know. I, I'm not sold. I From guess. the viewers regarding the game of the week, Don, our Navy friend, says it's Calgary, Ottawa. Can the Red Blacks build on the win? Will Calgary be dominant? My second team is the Red Blacks, so I will be watching. Don, who's kidding who? You'll be watching every game. From the Barflies in the chat, CFL attendance figures being massaged or do my eyes deceive me? He's saying they're announcing big crowds, but it doesn't look that way on TV. We mentioned our COO, Lee Genier. I don't think he'll mind me saying this. He was 20 years VP of sales and marketing for the Stampeders. And we sit and we chuckle, obviously, when I'm in Calgary, uh, looking at these attendances. And, and, Lee, and we saw it with various teams we've worked with in the past, Rems. Let's just say that. When the owner goes, uh, what's the number? Add 20%. <laughs> It happens, well, right? The, yeah, the other thing, too, though, is, is I had, there's been people that have come up to me and said, the Riders announced that there was 26,000 at that game. Give me a break. No, they announced that there was, that was the paid attendance. That doesn't mean everybody showed up. Yeah. You can, I mean, you know that the season tickets are generally sold between the 25, 20, 25 yard lines up till mm -hmm. about two thirds of the way up. And lots of those people weren't there, but they're all paid for. So, yes. it's, so, so they're not often lying. Hey. It's just that that's not how many people are in the building. But I will say this. When you watch some of those games from BMO Field in Toronto and they're announcing 8,000, are you kidding me? That would mean that one out of every four seats or three and a half seats are full. There's not, but you're just there's saying not a thousand people Maybe there. that's paid attendance. Ah. But here's my take. And I, listen... I'm starting to realize maybe I'm a little smarter than I ever thought or people ever gave me credit for. 20 years ago, when they started announcing paid attendance rather than actual attendance, I remember thinking, that's worse. Because a third of this crowd is saying, I'll give you the money, yeah. but I don't even want to yeah. come watch yeah. you. I can't give my tickets away. <laughs> it's worse. Yeah. It's actually worse. Psychologically, it is. To announce paid attendance. Yeah. So, Listen, and I don't even have as much energy or gusto for that discussion as I used to do. The CFL clearly isn't going to fold or it was going to. So I'd rather just enjoy the games and talk about what's going on the field. And I think that's what people want, too. When we come back, a sports update, more with Remps, your comments as well, because they've been good. Uh, coming up in hour two, Rob Vanstone and Dante Diamond Dante DiCaria. He's an a, Italian. A man who gave himself a nickname. And it fits. <laughs> You're not supposed to be able to do that. Give yourself a nickname. Yeah. Well, he's a different Who breed gave you the cat. nickname Silver Fox? Uh, James Gallo. Okay. We'll be right back. You're watching on Game Plus TV. We're also live streaming on YouTube. 
And you can always catch the podcast wherever the best podcasts are found, including Amazon, Google, Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Oh, yeah. He's back. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. The only bad thing is that the time's going too fast with the Silver Fox, Kelly Rempel. Would you agree? Always. It yeah. feels like you do an hour and it feels like 20 minutes. I know. I need to uh, slip in a sports update here, of course. Vin Scully. Oh. The voice and heartbeat of the Los Angeles Dodgers has died at his home in Hidden Hills, Los Angeles area. At the age of 94, for years, he served as a national TV and radio announcer of baseball, golf, and football, but was best known as the voice of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Kevin Gosman allowed one hit and struck out 10 over eight masterful innings as the Toronto Blue Jays opened a nine-game road trip with a 3-1 win over the Tampa Bay Rays on Tuesday. The Jays have won 11 of 13 and increased their lead over Tampa to four games for the top American League wildcard spot. In Edmonton, Oilers great Kevin Lowe is retiring from his position in the team's front office. Lowe has spent more than 40 years with the Oilers, working most recently as the club's vice chair and alternate governor. This sports update is for Edo Japan, Edo Japan's fast and friendly service, plus online ordering options are easy and convenient when you're on the go. Edo Have I mentioned Japan. how much I love what do you? What, what's your go-to at Edo Japan? Tell me. I like the tapaneki, uh, teriyaki chicken, tapaneki, like the, yes. the beef, my son usually, or the combo. You get too. a bento box or what do you? Sometimes. Sometimes yeah. I like the spring rolls too. Variety is the spice of life, yes. Yeah. But I, it's always the teriyaki chicken for me. Um, from the... Uh, Extra from, sauce, too. Me, I always order two teriyaki, then I'm always up at the counter going, can I just get another one? From Janelle, <laughs> she says, Vin was the voice of baseball, let alone the Dodgers. Hashtag legend. Let me just say this about Vin. I never met the man, but the Rough Riders for a number of years had a spring camp at Dodger Town in Vero Beach, Florida. And Rems, when you walk into Dodger Town, which is like a campus, that's where all the prospects came, right? Spring training was held there. Mm-hmm. Right in the reception was a gigantic oil painting of Vin Scully. Not Tommy Lasorda, not Kirk Gibson, not Sandy Koufax, the broadcaster Vin Scully. And I'm sure that it still hangs there. I was in By Vero Beach not that long ago. Um, and I love that movie. One of my favorite movies is For the Love of the Game. It's the best, my favorite Kevin Costner movie. And Vin was the voice of that. So, yeah, we all have our Vin. Th- when you think of Vin Scully, what do you think of? He's the only baseball broadcaster ever that I would watch a game between two teams. I had absolutely zero emotional vested interest in Yeah. But I would listen just to listen to Vin Scully call baseball. How, so what does that say? When you're tuning in... There's not a lot of guys like when that. When you're tuning in to listen to the broadcaster beca- and you couldn't care less about the game, what does that say? That's how good that guy was. There aren't many like that. So easy to listen to. could just listen to him tell stories all day. I'd pay $1,000 to just sit for a few hours... 10 hours or a whole day and just listen to him tell stories. And like, that's just probably on the diamond stories. I often think about a guy, I'm like, imagine the things he's seen. 
Oh, for sure. In his 60-plus years or whatever it is. Maybe it's 70 years with the Dodgers. So uh, condolences to the Scully family, but that guy leaves with no regrets, and what an absolute legend. Um, I guess we could get into viewer takeover a little early here. Jennifer from the Four Seasons says, is Kadri going to the Islanders? Oh, boy. Between week nine and the CFL, the MLB trade deadline, I completely forgot to even think about free agency in the NHL. Although there are some guys out there. P.K. Subban still hasn't signed. Kadri's won. We did kind of cover off um, free agency a bit as far as it relates to the Calgary Flames. <laughs> from the Barflies. Here, this ticks me off, actually. From the Barflies. You, Kelly can see the comments, too. He says, there's still hope, R.P., What's your best side for a painting? I actually took a photo of that Vin Scully, and I put it on one of my social media, whether it's Facebook or Twitter, and some loser responds and goes, you're only putting that up because you want a painting of yourself in the office. Blah, blah, blah. What? Who thinks like that? How <laughs> damaged are you? <laughs> Anyways, from Steve-O's channel. You got to tell me Steve-O channel I think is in Toronto watching, says, hey, Rod and crew, the camera looks so good. Yes, we're back in the bunker, and I don't know the technical side of things at all. At all. No. anything. I I talk into the microphone. That's about all that I'm responsible for. We got a big staff, as you've seen, taking care of everything else. So it is nice to be back in the bunker for a week before we head to the World Juniors to... uh, so they could try out all their new toys, okay? <laughs> I wanted to say this, by the way. Well, we'll get to the Jason in Red Deer watching says, Kelly, any surprises so far in the CFL this season? Before we answer that, with Gary Stern, the owner of the Alouettes, who was on our show a couple weeks ago, basically guaranteeing a win for the Alouettes over the Blue Bombers this week, I'm thinking between Gary Stern and Bo Levi, the personality I like. Like, I think Gary probably should deactivate his Twitter account, but he's not going to. So it's kind of fun. He's giving us stuff to talk about. 100%. And, yeah. and uh, what's wrong? And by the way, what is wrong with a passionate owner of any league, much less in this league? What possible harm can there be? I mean, we're used to owners that buy teams that don't even want to own them. They just, right. they just do it as a tax write-off because they feel sorry for them, so they buy the team. This guy's passionate about it, wears the jersey at the games. He's, he's fired up all the time. I, don't, I love it myself. I think it's good, too, but, I mean, come on. You said it earlier. I said, oh, Gary Stern's guaranteed to win, and you're like, sure. That's well, marketing. I, I'm all for it. That's, that's, what, that's marketing 101. Who cares if you win or lose? The, if, sometimes when you lose, you win. Because you guarantee the win, and if you don't win, everybody gets a free ticket. So you, it's just all marketing. It's not an insult. I remember years ago, years ago, teams used to be offended by that. It's like, what? They're guaranteeing a win against well, the us. The Pats did it this year, and it, didn't it cause quite a stir? Yeah, we caused a stir of it for having fun, but the players don't care. They do it because, like, the, it's all, it's marketing. That's what it is. It's, it's a way, every single time a team has a guaranteed win night, they probably get three times the amount of discussion about their game than they do on a non-guaranteed yeah, win night. Yeah, that's what people that's, don't understand. John Schmeiser watching in Kansas City. 
says, is Gary Stern putting his team in a bad spot by predicting a win? Love the enthusiasm and passion, though. From Wayne in BC, we need more owners like Stern. Honestly, we'll talk about this when we come back. He was so dejected after their loss last week in Hamilton. If you go back and look at his tweet after the game, I felt like saying, can, can Gary Stern own every team? Because he just like boom, fell on his sword and put it on Twitter. You know what I mean? It was, I felt bad for the guy. <laughs> so all of that when we come back for viewer takeover. For taco time, we'll be right back. You're watching on Game Plus TV. Also, YouTube live streaming and 24-hour sports radio streaming now at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Laid back and kicking it. Let's head back to the studio. Here's All right, Rob. we are back uh, here in the bunker, as you can tell. Only one more segment left with the Silver Fox. If you want to talk to this guy, you really want to talk to him, get your comments uh, in now. You just saw, for those watching, John Lynch and I in the Big Bird, my yellow Jeep. Talk to Lynch. Rumors of his um, health have been greatly exaggerated. He's had a health issue here. He was in the hospital, but he's now home, and he's fine. I'm going to see him this week. Lynch is fine. But the last I talked to him, and can you attest to this, Kelly? You being here in the rectangle, the heartland of the CFL. I called Lynch a couple weeks ago. Riders had only lost, I think, one game at that time. Now it's three in a row. I said, how are things, Lynch? Ah, everybody's pissed off. Regina's a mess. And it all had to do with the football team. You can attest that the fortunes of the town are directly tied to the fortunes of the local pro football team. Oh, yeah. 100%. P.J. Morris from Universal Collision Center said that. There's one reason I cheer for the Saskatchewan. This was a while ago. There's the biggest reason I cheer for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and it's got nothing to do with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, is because when they win, everybody's in a great mood. When they lose, everybody's in a terrible mood. <laughs> And it's, it's true. Where they are right now. Yeah. Um, so around the horn we go regarding owners. Um, John, well, okay. Uh, 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 where is it? James Henderson in Board of Manitoba says, I love Gary Stern. Good for the team and the CFL. From John in Edmonton, Mark Cuban is a fun owner in the NBA, which is funny because Kelly brought him up in the break. John Massey, my frenemy in Edmonton, Oilers fan, says, how long before La Police gets La Punted out of Ottawa? Uh, and he says, hashtag the 13th man was his fault. No, it wasn't. And actually, Lapo, who is like family to me, is rather... Can I speak for him by saying he's upset that TSN keeps showing the clip of him slamming his headphones, Rems? Because it wasn't him. No, he was just mad that they lost. Davis Reed was the was the specialty yes. team's coach. Nobody you, knows you can't that. blame the offensive coordinator for the 13th man. Come on. Um, my buddy Kevin Hughes, he's a BC Lions fan in Airdrie, Alberta. He says, by far, the BC Lions are the surprise of the CFL. Be a Lions fan since I can walk and talk. This team is the best I have seen in a decade. Something flashed across the screen of one of the networks the other day. The Lions are now, what, 5-1, five and one, five I think? 5-1. And, and it was like, the best start since, and then it slipped off the screen. So, Kevin, you tell me how great of a start. is. It's been a long time, but how long? And I'm so happy for them. Rick Campbell, good guy. 
Neil McAvoy, at least as good a guy. The co-GM's there. And what I'm seeing with, you see the Lions fans? Have you noticed? They're coming off the mat. Yeah. It didn't take much to get them back. Yeah. And I would say that, you know, somebody had asked my opinion on that. And I, w- I would say BC would be my choice as well for the biggest surprise. But I think you got to give an honorable mention to the Calgary Stampeders. I didn't think that they'd be as good as they are. Really? No, I didn't. I thought, that, I thought they'd be better. I thought they'd be better. But, you know, you could certainly make an argument that they're right there with BC as the second best team. That's an organization that just, they're not going to be down for long. You know, you always just kind of get the feeling that they've got such good people running that organization. They're always, they might be down for a bit. And over the last, what, three decades, they really haven't been. But, yeah, you knew that they'd be back. But I, I, I think the Stamps are a pleasant surprise as well. Kevin Hughes says 2011, I believe. No, that, it can't be. Because they were 1-5 in 2011. And people still reference that. Last minute of play in the RP show. Last minute of play. 5-1 and one is their best record since da 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 And I can't remember what it is. I saw this article in 3Down the other day saying, Stop referencing the 2011 BC Lions for their 0-5 starting going on to win the Grey Cup. And it's, I love 3Down and I don't know who wrote the article. No, we're not going to stop referencing the 2011 BC Lions. It's one of the greatest stories in sport. Every team that has a crappy start references the BC Lions, right? Yeah. That they're an inspiration. Yeah. It's a 30 for 30 episode. 30 seconds. We're on the air. 30 seconds are left, Rems. What else do you have for us? Anything? What? Oh, boy. Uh, Not really. Looking forward. I was having um, drinks at Earl's yesterday with my good friend Jason Ripplinger. And, J-Rip. And we, were, and we were just talking about how it's crazy, but WHL camps Are actually, right actually start up in three weeks. Thanks for coming. Crazy back. stuff. RV and Diamond Dante next hour. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to YouTube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.